Okay, today we come to Matthew chapter 6, and hopefully you've already read the chapter, and if you have, you know that uh, Jesus is continuing his teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. So let's uh, think of a few things we can see in it. And uh, the main emphasis on the first half, I guess, or so of chapter 6 has to do with practicing your righteousness. Practicing your righteousness. So here we see that in, in the Sermon on the Mount, what we call the Sermon on the Mount, it, Jesus isn't just giving a list of rules and commandments that a person must keep in order to become a child of God. Uh, on the contrary, Jesus is describing the way of life of one who is already a child of God. Jesus sort of indicated that back in chapter 5 in the section of the sermon that we call the Beatitudes. Think back to chapter 5 in verses 3 through 10. If you look back at those uh, verses there, you'll notice that Jesus begins and he ends the Beatitudes with this phrase, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So he says in verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he'll say in verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is not describing people who may someday in the future be a part of the kingdom of God, but rather those who are right now part of the kingdom of God. And that idea carries all the way through the rest of the sermon. He is he's describing the way of life of one who already is a child of God, one who already is a part of the kingdom of God. And when we come here to chapter 6, Jesus lays out in very clear terms that a child of God will have a desire to live a, a godly life. Now, as soon as I say that, some of you may say, well, I don't always desire to live a godly life. Right, nobody always does. We're all sinners. But there is uh, in the life of the Christian, the, the Holy Spirit of God, who will not allow a child of God to forever, fully, and finally lose all desire to live a godly life. And often those desires come as a, as a fruit of perseverance in what we know is right. But it is true that the child of God will have a desire to live a godly life, and will practice the righteousness that they have in Christ. Notice the assumptions Jesus makes in these early verses of chapter 6. He never urges anyone to practice your righteousness. He always assumes that people will, going straight to warning about the manner in which they do it. So in verses 2... Verse 2, he says, when you give to the needy, not if. In verse 5, he says, when you pray, not if. also says that in verses 6 and 7. And down in verses 16 and 17, he says, when you fast, not if. I think we would do well to listen carefully to Jesus here. He will finish his sermon in the next chapter saying, in chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. James put it this way, faith without works is 
dead. James 2.26. So faith in Jesus is not something we merely say we have. It is something we show we have. As James would say also in James 2.18, I will show you my faith by my works. So how are you demonstrating and practicing the faith that you say you have in Jesus? You're in the scriptures, so you see the things that he calls us to do. How are you practicing those things? So pray this day that the Lord would help you look for ways to practice your faith so that, as Jesus said in the last chapter, they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So that's the first thing I want us to think about from Matthew chapter 6. But here's a second thing. It is okay to desire rewards. It's okay to desire rewards at the end of your life when you see the Lord. It's okay to, to desire rewards. Jesus just wants you to go after the best ones <laughs> and doesn't want you to settle for the cheap ones in this life that won't satisfy you very much and won't last very long. From the very beginning of the chapter, Jesus uses rewards to motivate his people. He says there are rewards to be had, but we need to be careful where we seek them. And it all comes down to what is the motivation of our hearts. Jesus says several times in this chapter that if, if our desire isn't to please the Lord, but rather just to be seen by other people, then, well... Being seen by other people and having their approval and their praise, is that's going to be all the reward that you get. You see that in verses 1, 2, 5, and 16. Jesus also prays several times that our Father in heaven sees the intentions of our hearts. It says that in verse 4, in verse 6, and verse 8, and then down in... Verse 18, Jesus says that several times. The Father sees the intentions of your heart. And so when the aim and the desire of our hearts is to please the Lord above everything else, sometimes regardless of what somebody else may think, we can be sure that the Lord sees it. And we can be sure that he promises to reward it in full, in his own way, and it'll be better than you think it will be. <laughs> Jesus knows that the reward that the Father promises is infinitely far greater than we could ever receive here and now. And so he commands us for our good, lay up treasures for yourselves in heaven. Matthew 6.20 So, desire rewards, desire the good ones that God gives and promises and go after them in the way that... Jesus lays out, you can get them. And the third and final thing from Matthew 6 is simply this. Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. You, you can afford to lay up treasures in heaven because the Lord will never leave you or forsake you here and now. Jesus warned in verse 24 that you cannot serve both God and money. And because your heart follows where you invest the money, that God has entrusted with you. Uh, Jesus urges us to invest our money and our resources, our talents, our gifts, 
in the things of God so that, so that our love for the things of God increases. And in the final verses of the chapter, verses 25 to 34, a beautiful passage, Jesus takes, or Jesus promises that if we give our time and our resources wholeheartedly for the glory of God, he will always take care of the things that we need. Verse 33. Why do we think, Jesus says, that the Lord will take care of birds and flowers, but won't, will not take care of the ones who he has made in his own image? Every day has enough trouble of its own. Verse 34. And he gives us enough grace for today to trust him. He does not give us tomorrow's grace until tomorrow. So don't worry about tomorrow. We, can, we, can't, we can't drive today on tomorrow's gas. So live radically for him today and believe his promise with all your heart that he will meet your every need all the while. Awesome.